Plays, the show where we talk about video games every week and, well, have a lot of fun doing it. Fun. I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm Adam. And together we are... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Awkward, on-screen people. Uh. Um, so this week, I've uh, got a couple things to talk about, a couple items of news, uh, and also I want to talk about VR. It's been, uh, so a bunch of the VR headsets that came out uh, about this time of year, 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's we're at the two-year mark, and I think it's time to talk about it. Okay. I mean, we've talked, as if we haven't talked about it a ton, but just like, do a check-in, a state yeah, of VR. We're, at the, we're almost at the two-year mark. We, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's not. Why up, hasn't it gotten better? <laughs> Let's find out. Exactly. God damn it. I hate being an early adopter. Uh, but before we get into all that, because I think that's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. What have you guys been playing? Um, man, I've been like kind of searching through games. Uh, I played a good chunk of Bayonetta 2 on the Switch. That game is still really good. Uh, have you played it at all? Have you played Bayonetta 2? No. Not on Switch. It's a really good character action game. It totally holds up. I mean, I don't know. There's not too much to say about it other than if you're looking for a fun character action game, that's the one. Um, I Can we talk about... We can. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we got, we're we in the process of playing through Ni no Kuni 2, which comes out next week, uh, because we're going to we're gonna talk about it. We got a couple early codes from Bandai Namco, which was really uh, lovely of them to send over. I loved the first game, so I just went to them and I was like, look... We'd love to get some codes for this. That would be great. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and they so they sent over some codes, which is very very sweet of them. Uh, and I'm excited. I the first game was fantastic. The second game very very different. Yeah, I went in with I did not play the first game, but from my understanding, there was like some Pokemon elements to it, and I just I just it looked like an anime game with Pokemon, and it looked really fun. And this game is an anime game, but I couldn't find the Pokemon elements, at least not, not yet, so I don't think they're in there. So story-wise, can you say whether or not, I haven't played the game, story-wise, can you say whether or not you have to have played the first game to understand what's going on in the second one? You do not have to. Okay. They're, they're both self-contained stories, they take place in the same world. Okay, gotcha. But uh, Nino Kuni 2 takes place, um, I, I'm gonna look this up mm. before we do like a proper, uh, like sort of like review discussion about it, but uh, it's like, you know, Hundreds of years later, okay. it's totally separate. So there um, are some references back. Uh, I went through a puzzle that uh, you know was telling a story, and I was like, "Aha! I reckon there's my little fairy dude mm. with, his, with the lamp in his nose. I see this." Uh, and so there are some callbacks and there's some references, but you don't have to Got have you. played the first to understand the second. I played the first Nino Kuni for about 20 hours, and I think. I stopped when I realized after 20 hours I was still having new systems and kind of tutorials introduced. I was like, okay, this is this game's in it for the long haul. I had to put it down. Were you not like? Does that not excite you though? Like when you get 20 hours in, you're like, I'm still. There's just fun. so many games. Like there's yeah. just so much stuff to play. Like if I'm still in a tutorial 20 hours in, then I worry like, oh god, this is gonna dominate for months. Uh, ex except PUBG, you're you're good. Uh, <laughs> so I gotta I gotta have time to play other games too. Okay. Yeah, I mean this. I'm five hours in still being introduced to new systems, uh, but it, you know, so far it's been pretty good about, it introduces a system and then lets you play for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it will introduce something else and then let you play for a while. And then you get used to that thing before it introduces another thing. So uh, it's been pretty humane. I don't feel like I'm just in a tutorial the whole time. I would say that the bit that felt the most tutorial heavy was the first hour and a half mm -hmm. or so. That sounds um, similar to the I'm, first game. I remember the first game was kind of the same way, where you you at least got to roam around and play a little bit, but it was still introducing stuff. So that's a good way to do it. Was the first game turn-based? The first game, so uh, it had the those Pokemon elements, like you would you would fight things, like you could like tame these monsters, uh -huh. uh, and and then uh, 
you could fight with them. And they all have their own skills and abilities and so on. But it's not turn-based, it's um, it's action-based. Okay. So you basically end up in your arena where, like, you get into an encounter, it opens an arena, and then it's action-based in that. Okay. So, uh, you know, and then each of your characters, like, here's one that's, like, you know, better for, like, spells or long range, and here's your tank, and so on and so forth. I really like the combat of this game. I did not... I first, I went into it expecting a turn-based game for whatever reason, but it's a real-time, like, action game, and the combat is... It's fun. Like, you get to control multiple party members. I'm assuming like you did in the first game. Um, you have different gauges to watch. You have a, is it called a zing gauge? Yeah, you got a zing meter. You have a zing, zing meter, and if that is full, you can do, like, your special and do, it'll either do extra damage or change the attack. And um, I felt, like, it, when you get to the open world, it's kind of like that, uh, what's the what's the word for it? Chibi. Ch- yeah, you, you turn into, like, a chibi avatar, and you're walking around this, like, landscape that's, like, just filled with enemies and treasure chests. Uh, and that's sort of how, like, that's sort of how you travel from like level to level or, or area to area. Um, but I felt like you could avoid a bunch of enemies and just go to the area, but I felt like I wanted to fight all of them because this combat's so much fun. Um, and invariably in games like that, you always want to run into the encounters yes. to build, get and experience and yeah. build your and you level up like pretty fast. Like I, in the first hour, like I was leveling up like every five minutes. So that, that game is fun and I cannot wait to play more of it. Yeah, so we'll talk about that more. Um, I didn't realize it was coming day. out so soon. Yeah, it, it look, it's been week. delayed a couple times, and so I've been, like, I've been having to do, like, the sit back and just be like, be cool, Ashley, mm-hmm. be cool, just be is patient. Gonna, be is that going to be your great. next platinum? Potentially. I already looked up the trophy list. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, I'm now working on that. Um, I told you I beat Final Fantasy X. I saw that. Congratulations. What, what a journey. Yes, it was. It 190 hours. That wow. was my That was wow. my total. But I platinumed it. I'm so proud of this. That's awesome. Congrats. Super proud. It was a very rare platinum. Was it like 1.8%, I think, I saw your image? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, considering how much goes into it, I'm surprised it's that high mm-hmm. of a percentage. Uh, but, yes, so I'm done with that. And then I did something really stupid, hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, I play the end of Final Fantasy X, and I will never play the end of that game and not cry. <laughs> it's very, it's a very bittersweet ending. Uh, and so I was, I was on the treadmill had my Vita in my hands. I was walking out like going. <laughs> can, can, uh, can we spoil the end of Final Fantasy X? Can we talk about it? What do you um, think? It's, a, it's an old game. I mean, it's an old game. It came out in 2002, and it is the premise for the sequel. Um, but basically, you you sort of lose one of the two, a couple of the main characters. Um, they go away, but maybe not all the way away. So I'm trying to remember. It's been I played it when it came out, and I've, I've not revisited the game since then. Titus was a ghost or dead the entire time. Uh, he was a dream. <laughs> he was a dream. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a he's a dream. Um, it's looking at you, Titus. Your dream. Uh, uh, so, but the the entire premise of Final Fantasy X-2 is that he's not just a dream. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So see, look. Here's my here's my platinum. Want everyone to, I want everyone to see this. In all its pixelated glory. <laughs> In all its pixelated glory. 3.53 p.m. Yeah. Nice. It was pretty dope. Uh, so I got to the end and I was like, all right, this has been ridiculous. I've been neglecting everything else in my life in pursuit of this platinum. I need to just cool my jets before I move into Final Fantasy X-2. But maybe just the intro. Oh my god, dude. Oh god. Are you gonna platinum that also? <laughs> now I'm 13% done. Oh my god. 
Man, that's but insane. It's one, that's one of those games, too, though, where the, like, 13%, like, 50%, that's going to go really quickly. And then, like, the last bits will take a billion years. But I, I think I'm, uh, because I've got Nino Kuni 2 to play and because I'm so excited about playing that, I think it's going to keep me from falling all the way into 10-2, sure. which is a good thing. According to yeah. how long to beat the Final Fantasy 10-2 HD remaster, Completionist is about 140 hours. Cool, so I'll save 50 hours. Yeah, that's over a week's worth of work. I'm a, I'm a full-time job. I'm 135 hours into Monster Hunter, and I'm like 53% done, and I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get all of them. Jesus. They're too, there's too many trophies in that. You're too hard to get trophies. So you're still enjoying it? Uh, yeah, it's... Honestly, there's not like... I, after 135 hours, I'm sort of running out of stuff to do. Um, but that's, that's it. That's, I mean, that's a lot of fucking content. It's not a complaint. It's just that's where I'm at. They're releasing a new update next next week or, in, or on the 22nd they're releasing a monster called I think it's called, pronounced Devil Joe or something like that uh, it's it's de spelled devil with J-H-O at the end um, and he looks awesome and I want to kill him and craft his stuff <laughs> he looks great I think I'm going to kill him um, but yeah other than that I don't know how much more I'm going to play that game but yeah this game's real good I'm excited to see if they like actually put out a full expansion because I will buy the shit out of that and play it. But I will also probably play for every monster and event quest because that game is just it's like addicting. Like the co-op is so good, and even when you're doing the same thing over and over, man, it's so good. So Devil Joe looks like a nasty demonic Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's like a Tyrannosaurus Slash crocodile. Apparently, crocodile? he shoots lasers out of his mouth. Oh, yeah, which is With like lasers. That's probably the coolest dope. thing ever. It's pretty good. Yeah. So you would recommend. The Monster Hunter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, I also should update, I stopped playing Into the Breach. I played about 10 hours of that game, and like, pretty much at the 10 hour mark, I was like, I have no interest in playing this anymore. I don't know what happened. And I, so that's a, that's the game you said, if you fail, it's a half hour, if you, but yeah. a, like a completion run, um, like you can get through a round of the game in, yeah, I mean like, uh, 40, a run of the game in about an hour? Yeah, like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, yeah. But that game is, uh, it's really good. The The focus is, like, you want to keep unlocking these achievements so you can unlock new squads. But eventually, like, I just found a squad I really liked, and I would, I would unlock more and more squads and not like them at all. And then you could just customize your squad and make whatever you want. Um, but there's not a whole lot more to that game. So I just didn't have much motivation to keep going. I played a decent amount of it, uh, but I, and I made a stupid mistake on my first playthrough. Where it's like you pull up the menu, and it's like, one of the options is like send squad member back in time or something. I don't oh, know. Which is like you restart your brother. right. And I was like, oh, what does that button do? And then it restarts the game, and you lose your squad except for that one person. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I just it was just my own fault for not fully understanding you, what I was getting. That into. button literally says abandon timeline. That's it. Abandon timeline. I was like, oh, what does that do? <laughs> yeah, it abandons. It abandons your timeline. You, you got to start your timeline over. Oh. I was like, oh right, that's like one of the core mechanics. That's like <laughs> the premise of this game is going to a different timeline. It's really funny. So, but yeah, uh, no, I, I put so, I put uh, several hours in that. It's a fun game, but yeah, like like you, I think you reach a point where you're like everything's on lock, and you're like, this is how I want it. Yeah. And uh, what does it cost? Into the breach. It's like fifteen bucks. Oh. So you'd say that if you get ten uh, hours out of it, I, I think I absolutely, I loved, I loved the hours I played, but it, it like it hit a wall really quick uh, after ten hours. But it's definitely, I think mm. it's worth it if you for like fifteen that bucks, you can't beat it. Yeah, it's like it's it's. I would say it's it's less of a, a turn-based strategy game, more of a puzzle game. It's so, a puzzle game disguised as a strategy game. Right? Exactly, because you it definitely looks like a grid-based strategy game, but every turn, since you know what's coming, you just have to figure out the combat puzzle and figure out how to negate the damage that's going to be yeah, done. Yeah, how to move the damage to right. 
minimize it. Right. Like negate it. It's fun. It's a really fun it's game. It's really fun. I hope they update it and add more stuff. We'll see. I, uh, God, I did something really dumb. What did uh, so you do? Obviously, I've been playing PUBG. I won't lie about that. I've been playing a lot of PUBG. Uh, big changes. They released their roadmap. Uh, was it last week or earlier this week? Their uh, development roadmap for 2018, which has some really exciting stuff in it, including uh, developer API support. Uh, and I applied to be an uh, early access developer. I don't develop currently, but I'll learn free PUBG. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but I think, I think it'd be cool to see what the things are that are available. They acquired Mad Glory to handle a lot of their uh, developer API uh, integration and um, stuff like that. Uh, so obviously I've been playing a, still a lot of PUBG. But I, the other day I was browsing Reddit and I saw an Age of Empires 2 screenshot. And I was like, oh man. I saw you play that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, what, what? I was like, why didn't I ever play Age of Empires 2? And I looked at Steam and was like, I already own Age of Empires 2 HD. Sweet, let me play that. And I started playing it last night, and I played about 30 minutes. I was like, oh, right, Dad, I, don't, I remember why I don't play this. Yeah, I saw you load that up when I was playing Nino Kuni. <laughs> I was like, it's fucking Age of Empires. It's like, I have a 4K PC monitor, oh, and yeah. it looks absolutely ridiculous. There's no, like, real way to scale the interface, so you end up with all these tiny uh -huh. buttons and this huge black un unopened map area. It's like, and it's slow. I mean, it was a fun game 20 years ago, yeah. 15 years ago, but uh, it's still a fun game. I mean, but it's just like gaming has moved on. Yeah. It's, it's changed quite a bit. So, uh, but it was still fun to load it up, to realize I owned it, load it up, and be like, oh, right, yeah, I did try this before. I remember now. Yeah. Right. This is why I stopped. Right. This is why I only had 51 minutes logged in this before. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the PUBG roadmap that they released, uh, it's quite a bit of stuff. Uh, yeah. They are doing a 4x4 um, a four four kilometer island map that they're going to be putting out. Uh, they're what? also updating the textures on some of the buildings. They show like the, the current style and the new style they're going for, which really, uh, I think, makes a huge difference. Um, some new game modes. Uh, they recently released um, some... Uh, they're doing some new vehicles. Yeah, they were really coy about the game modes. I'm curious to see what they have planned for that. Right. I mean, they're trying to keep it secret so they don't like so, get like, else... ripped off yeah. before they get to put theirs out. Right. Uh, they're doing um, achievements, in-game friends lists, squad voice chat uh, in the main menu, uh, limited vehicle bullet penetration. Yeah, the, in fact, the uh, achievements are out already, and they also put the uh, emotes are also out on the live server yes. as well. Um, they're overhauling the parachute system, the uh, TPP and FPP animation systems. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're going to make that all better. Stability, optimization, security. It sounds like they're planning a lot of stuff uh, for the game. A 3D replay system. So you can basically like watch the game being replayed from within it, that, which you is pretty cool. They have a limited one right now, but it's centered around you. It only goes so far. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to add the whole map. Um, and then some uh, custom game systems as well. So uh, there's a lot that they're doing for this year. Mm-hmm. Which is good, because it's easy to look at a game like that, where it's essentially one mode. It's, you know, it's now two maps, it's going to be three maps. Um, you know, even if you do, you're like, duos, squads, it's still, you know, essentially the one mode. Mm -hmm. It's like, where, what do you do? Oh, they also have zombies, there? but no one really plays that. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it's, it's really not the best mode, I think, for PUBG. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if they have, like, I know Fortnite has the, the 20 man squad like five 20 man team mode right now. That's pretty cool. That sounds interesting. I'd like to see maybe something more objective based where teams control area and then try to push each other. There uh, was um, a new game that just got so announced. We're, moving, we're playing battle royale games and moving away from the battle royale 
Well, still yeah. 100 people. Like, I'm not saying, like, you respond. Right. I'm saying this, you have 100 people, and, like, who can claim the most territory? Gotcha. Uh, and then there was also a, um, an interview with Gabe Newell earlier this week, and he dropped a little bit of information about PUBG sales and overall in the Steam ecosystem, and he said that PUBG is Steam's third best-selling game ever. That's huge. Which is fucking crazy, considering it's only Jesus. been on Steam for maybe a year. Not quite a year at this point. Yeah, it's because it came out... I think it was April of last year. Yeah, like it, was, it was March, April last year, and it just went absolutely bonkers. No, March so, 2017, yeah. There is um, there is a new game. So a bunch of uh, former Halo and Battlefield devs uh, have formed a new studio, and they just announced a new game called Scavengers, and they're calling it a co-op-petition game. I saw that. It seems like... Uh, Similar to Battle Royale, or like a, like a twist on it, in that it is uh, everyone who's playing in the match drops into this island and has to scavenge uh, and build up resources. But it introduces PVE elements as well. So um, let me have a look at this. So you're not, it's not just the, it's not just pure Battle Royale. And this is where we're starting to see those twists on that formula. People being like, well, what if we took it but did this with it? And I think that's where um, it starts to get pretty exciting. So uh, here so we go. So maybe like like some creep from like a traditional MOBA that's also on the map in addition yeah. to your uh, human players? Exactly. So uh, there's a building phase. You hunt for resources and construct weapons. And then you, um, you take on um, enemies like AI wildlife uh, and then um, defend an area to extract the bounties and basically outlast the other players. Hmm. So it's uh, it seems like a, a cool twist on it, yeah. but uh, no details yet on like when that's coming. It was just announced. Uh-oh, they announced all their features. Now uh, it's going to be in Fortnite next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Fortnite, man, whoever, whoever was responsible for adding Battle Royale to Fortnite saved that game. Whoever was responsible for adding Drake to Fortnite last night. Oh my that god. Was I've, ne- crazy. I've never seen my Twitter feed explode about any subject. <laughs> and like so for that. for those who were not on Twitter at the time, uh, Drake joined Ninja um, streaming Fortnite on Twitch and it broke all kinds of records. Yeah, I think pre- the previous uh, concurrent stream record on Twitch was held by Dr. Disrespect, and I want to say it was like a 368,000 or yeah. so. Yeah. And last night, Ninja and Drake got, I think, 665,000. Wow. Uh, which is fucking crazy. It's almost doubled up on the on the previous record. Whoever the marketing person who put that together is, uh, they're probably pre- feeling pretty Brilliant. fucking good this morning. That was... People were talking about it like nuts. I mean, you... <laughs> When I, when I wake up and I kind of check Twitter before I wake up, and my whole feed from the time I went to sleep to the time I woke up was all about that. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. Yeah, so he, um, it was 630,000 concurrence, um, and the previous record was 388,000 for a, a single player's stream. So that's crazy. Yeah. A lot of people. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, that's such huge reach. That's such I mean, you're great shooting, visibility you're for You're looking game. at like network TV reach at that point. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely past cable. <laughs> yeah, so that's huge. Um, and you know what, since we're talking about news now anyway, let's talk about news. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, let's talk about news. Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt again. Ben just sent me something. Ninja uh. reportedly gained more than 90,000 subscribers, which accounts for a total of at least $250,000 a month in revenue. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So he likely has the like the three 
the 350 split, so he gets 350. I'm like at a certain subscriber amount, you get three dollars and fifty cents per subscriber instead of 250. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's I, at minimum because of the yeah, different tiers on Twitch, where you can either subscribe for five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, twenty-five a month. Exactly. If at minimum he had five dollars a month, he's making that much money. I'm curious to know like what. <laughs> Like in one night, what his revenue number was. I saw a GIF of like the Twitch Prime <laughs> chat just fucking flowing. Through. Yeah, they were like, he said he said the words Twitch Prime, and then like it was like a billion uh, showed up. I mean, good for you, Ninja. Good for you, Drake. That's who fucking is, amazing. Who is Ninja? Uh, he's, he's, he's a streamer, obviously, but is he like a new streamer? Um, so he's been around for a while, uh, but he really picked up with Fortnite. Okay. And he just suddenly went uh, when he got over fifty thousand. Subscribers. This was a relatively recent thing. People were like, "What? What? What's? Hap- what is this? What is happening?" Because he's the fastest-growing streamer on the platform. Right. Um, but you know, he's he's been around a while. Uh, previously, an esports player. Okay. Uh, so that's why he's so good. Everyone's like, "This guy's the best good. Fortnite player ever." In fact, uh, Polygon even did a story on him. I think it was back on March sixth. It looks like asking. Who is Ninja, the Fortnite streamer dominating Twitch? And they said that between February 22nd and March 3rd, he gained 50,000 subscribers in that period of time. So, so And that's not including all that new Drake subs. Yeah, that is the other day. fucking awesome. Good for him, man. Yeah, that's, fucking, that's great. Good job. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Make wise investments. Yes. You'll be you'll be in good shape. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry to distract you. No, it's, <laughs> look, it's news. Uh, but a couple of other things. Uh, only a few big announcements this week. Um, but some of them were pretty big. Uh, last week we it was we were so frustrated by this. We were recording before the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we missed the Smash announcement. But Smash Brothers 2018. Uh, no details yet. It's pretty much all speculation based at this point. But the Thing to speculate about is is this like a like a remake a re-release a la Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or is it a brand new game? It seems, seems brand new. Seems like a weird thing to so speculate far it on. So it seems more brand. Well, not necessarily because well, they. Uh, for some reason, it just seems odd. Like it seems like why would they why would they make a re-release and not talk about it openly? Yeah. I feel like they would if it was a re-release. They'd be like, and we're re- we're remastering this version of Smash Bros. But I think it's more likely to, to be set a expectations. New one. I, yeah, I feel like it is. When, so when I saw this, I was watching. There's a great reveal trailer, by the way. I was kind of like mad because they had already spent like five minutes on Splatoon 2. And they're like, we got one. They're like, all right, goodbye. Never mind. We have one more announcement. And they showed another Splatoon video. I'm like, are they announcing another Splatoon mode? And then then, then the turn happened. I was like, oh my God, they got me. I love the, the is, comments on, on, on social media about how it's like, like, they were it's just, just like having a good time. kids having fun running around. Then she turns around and it's like, Every other Nintendo franchise is here to fuck you up. Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like you're gonna get beaten into the gang. Having a good time, about to get the shit kicked out of them. I think it's a safe assumption that they will be in the next Smash Bros. Whatever the Smash Bros. is. <laughs> I think that is safe to say. And so uh, Mario also, and Link. Mario, and it, it looks like the Breath of the Wild version of Link, yes. which is not too surprising. Uh, so, pretty interested to hear more about that. I don't know when we will. I. I'm, I wonder if they'll have like their own special director if they're just gonna hold information off until E3 and then do like a full reveal. Uh, but that it is confirmed to be coming 2018. I think a lot of people very very happy about that. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll see more at E3. Yeah. Uh, oh no, we definitely will. It's just will we see anything before that? I, I doubt. It. I'm sure they're gonna hold it. Do close. you have any characters that you want to make it into this version? Uh, I mean, I always like playing as Samus. Right, but I'm, I'm saying like characters that might, like for me, I'm looking at the Champions Balad DLC and like all those characters and like wondering like who, like like maybe Daruk is that his name? Daruk, 
big rock guy. Like, I just want some of those Breath of the Wild characters in that game. Like, that would be pretty fun. Like, they don't do too many from any one franchise. Though. I know. Well, they try and limit it. They do, and that's. But I feel like Breath of the Wild is such a big franchise that they might give another one. But who knows? But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what new characters will be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like, I can't even speculate. They have such a diverse cast in that, in they, that, they had, in those games. They had Snake in the GameCube one, right? Yeah. Which is the best. Yeah. At the moment, though, I'm going to peg it as a new release. Uh, we yeah. also got a Shadow of the Tomb Raider release. This was sort of a uh, not really sorry announcement or like reveal of the. Uh, we knew the game was coming, but they have the uh, release date, which is September 14th. Uh, the platforms, which are Xbox One, PS4, and PC, uh, and that it's the the final game in the sort of like young Lara origin trilogy. Which is, it's lovely to have all those details, but did you hear about the countdown timer snafu? No. So they, on their website, they put up a countdown timer. Basically a check back tomorrow, we'll have a cool announcement. That's great. Except in the HTML of the website, (laughs) they had September 14th release date. They had the platforms. They had all the details that they were going to announce. It was just in In the HTML. Wow. Why? Nobody will right-click and view source. Yeah, don't ever do that. If you are trying to like hide why, something, why do don't that? put it in your HTML. Don't serve it to every single person who visits your website. Yeah, that's a. I'd not heard that. That's a little <laughs> stupid. Yeah, um, interesting timing of the announcement too, given that the Tomb Raider movie is coming out this week. I'm sure they're looking to tie into that excitement you know, for, for all the ser- all the Google searching for Tomb Raider. Yeah, got a ticket to go see that tonight. Very curious. Oh it's, yeah, it's doing. Uh, the all the reviews that I've seen, um, like the tomato meter, tomato tomato meter is uh, it's like fifty percent, which is not amazing. Um, but they were all um, uh, like overseas reviews, right? So I don't know if I, the embargo is not lifted here, or if they didn't do review screenings, or what the deal is. Uh, but I haven't seen any uh, reviews yet, so I'm just going to go see it, and I'm really excited. I'm going to go into it optimistically, hoping for just a fun movie. And hopefully it'll be a fun movie. Yeah, and we'll do a video talking about that, too. Um, I, I see the HTML here from the countdown timer. Yeah, it's just sort of like, oh, sweetie. It says, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the climactic finale of Lara's origin story, available September 14th, 2018. <laughs> like a, it's like the actual... It's like Release. the actual announcement. Yeah. Just oh God. in the HTML. <laughs> so, whoops. But, uh... What's this other thing? Reveal date April 27th, 2018. So that's when they're going to show the gameplay. Oh. That's when they're going to do, like... This was... You know, they had the game announced. I First, it leaked a billion times. And then... They were like, okay, yes, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is real. This is the platform and release date announcement. And then they'll do a proper reveal okay, next gotcha. month. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, and They're then, revealing the reveal. Yeah. Uh, they're announcing the announcement. Gotcha. gotcha. But um, the, yeah, so we'll, then we'll see more next month, and then we'll see a ton at E3, and then it'll be out in September. Mm-hmm. But a uh, nice wrap-up to the, the origin trilogy, which is cool. Stupid E3. I'm mad at E3. Why are you mad at E3? They said I'm not a full-time oh, yeah. employee at Rooster Teeth, and they won't give me a badge. So, so, so I, 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 clearly that's going to so get worked confused. out. I'm so confused. What happened? So uh, you know, I, every year, if, if you, when you go to E3, the next year you typically get an email that says, "Hey, we know you came last year. Here's the link to go ahead and pre-register for this year." So I filled it out like I always do, yep. and they asked did you, the same thing. They asked totally to verify stuff. Like you send them typically a pay stub or business card or whatever, something that proves that you work. They have you send that stuff? Yeah. I don't think I had sent any well, see, of that. See, I'm, I'm getting it's racial profiling. Uh, <laughs> so I send them all that shit, 
and then they just reject it. They got an email saying, <laughs> uh, you, the, they said, E3 is only for full-time professionals in the industry, and your documentation shows you're not full-time. I was like, what? And then that's it. No way to contact them, no way to change it. So I found like an email address on their website, and emailed them like, hey, what the fuck? And they replied saying, oh, yeah, you just need to have your hours worked visible on your pay stub. And then they closed the ticket. I was like, what? So I replied like, I'm not an hourly employee. What do you want from me? They're like, oh, just upload your W-2 then. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> to go to E3? You have to send them your W-2? What kind of Twilight Zone E3 registration is God, this? God, if only I talked about video games or did something related to the video game industry. So, uh, I'm, I'm in a back and forth with their email support right now going like, I've been there for like 14 years. Do you not think I work in the industry anymore? Can confirm. You should just, uh, you should just make your own E3. Yeah. Well, apparently Black no one's Jack going to E3. Cookies. No fact, one's going what? to E3 anymore. Forget the E3. EA already left. Microsoft announced that they're not going to have the same kind of booth as they normally do. They're doing their thing at the Microsoft Theater at LA Across Live there. Across the street, yeah. Right. So, fuck you, E3. I don't yeah. need your show. Yeah, it was. I do need your show. Please give me my badge. <laughs> Do you, I still got my emails from TGS. I went one time, and they're oh, like, yeah. hey, come back. I'm like, I want to, but that's far. I love their emails, too, because they don't use graphics or anything. No. It's all, like, text-based stuff. Yeah. It's, like, super really? lo-fi. Yeah. Nice. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, because TGS is way more uh, B2B than yes. anyone gives it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. Very B2B. Uh, so... Hopefully we can get you into E3. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Try, I'm, I'm hoping that by bitching, really hard. bitching about it here on this platform that uh, someone will help me out. Good luck. We're doing yeah. it again. Yeah. So you could just send them a link to last year's streams. Yeah. Look at look. I was there. I chatted with people. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, and I've already started. Like I've been kicking off uh, the conversations with publishers. Like I had a meeting with Microsoft, being like, "All right, let's talk about E3." Yeah. Whew. So that's already all happening. But yeah, Microsoft is doing a, uh, um, so they've moved their press conference. Normally, uh, uh, Sony and Microsoft have both been on Monday. Microsoft is moving to Sunday. I guess they're moving into the space that EA vacated. Because yes. EA hasn't announced their, their press conference date or time, but because they're doing that EA Play event again, which was just a pain in our ass last year, it means that almost certainly their press conference will be on Saturday because they'll be announcing and revealing all the games that'll be at that event. Right. So that'll probably be Saturday again. So now we've got Microsoft that's going to be on Sunday doing their press conference. Bethesda confirmed they're doing their press conference on Sunday. Sunday evening, yes. Yeah, so it's going to be... They're also, and then they also moved out to the Galen Center, which doesn't matter unless you actually physically go to the conference. They moved from the Galen Center to the Microsoft Theater. Yeah, and then they're going to do... Uh, that's where they're doing their press conference, and that uh, the Xbox showcase that they yes. do every year is also going to be there, and then they're going to have some consumer-facing stuff. And then they said that their booth on the show floor... Is, so this is really interesting to me. Their booth on the show floor at E3 is going to be very Mixer-oriented, orient, and they're going to be inviting people to stream on Mixer there from the show floor. Trying to make Mixer happen. Yeah, they're really, they're really trying. Look, I hear a lot of good things about it. It seems like it has a lot of cool pros. Like the, it's the lowest latency streaming option. Mm -hmm. That so there's virtually no delay between the game and the audience, and that it's got a lot of really cool interactive elements. Like you oh. can hand someone the con like you can hand a viewer the controller, and they can play for you. The mixer, and that's all really cool. The Mixer platform makes me think of Windows Phone. I never see anyone using those things that don't work for Microsoft. Yeah. That's like the, the that's the downside, right? It's, and the thing is, I really liked Windows Phone as an ecosystem. 
I thought that it, it worked really well. They were like, we'll do achievements for games on the phone and we'll make all this cool stuff. And I was like, that's great, but you don't have Instagram, yeah. you don't have Snapchat, you don't have yeah. Uber or like you just you don't have all like the if things, you don't all have the use apps a phone for right yeah. them and they they're like well we have this that's kind of like it yeah not the same yeah. so I know they eventually got all those apps but by then I think it was it was like spinning their wheels in mud yeah unfortunately but I really liked Windows Phone as an ecosystem and I'm sure Mixer is a great ecosystem as well it's just it can be really hard to make fetch happen. Yeah, and I'm curious. I'm, I'm really intrigued by their super low latency. I think that's a really cool innovation, and I'd be curious to to see people do stuff with it. Just they need to attract that, that enthusiasm. They need to attract people to that platform. Yep. Um, so that's about. <clears throat> it's been honestly kind of a slow news week. Uh, you know, we we saw as what. Toy Con Garage. Oh, I'm so oh, yeah. sorry. Toy Con Garage. The biggest Gus news this of the us. week. That has me super excited. Okay, so Toy Con Garage, talk to us, Gus. It's uh, part of one of the features within Nintendo Labo. They uh, it's hidden deep within it. Hidden deep. deep it's just a menu it. option. <laughs> um, so I guess they just released this video. It was either last night or this morning that shows how you can create your own Labo creations using Toy Con Garage, and it's basically like a very simple version of programming, a lot of if-then statements, a lot of you know, conditions that can be met, so that you can, you can take the existing, uh, what can I say, the existing Labo creations and modify them, or you can make your own from scratch and have something totally different. Yeah, in this video, uh, the, they don't say the word like programming, no. they don't talk about if-then statements, they're like, it's like action, reaction. Yeah. Or, you know, it's They like show the word if then right, right there. there. Yeah, that's that's that. If you do something, then something else will happen. And that's the closest they yeah. get. But this is basically tricking kids into learning how programming I works. I love yeah. that. I love it so much. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. I was already really into uh, Labo, and I already have it pre-ordered. And I, watching this this morning, I was like, yes, you, I made the right decision to pre-order I, this. I, I mean, I'm assuming you will be able to, but I hope that you're going to be able to use other people's uh, Creations on like if you can garage. send them to each other. Yeah, because I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more creative people than me making stuff on it, and I want to see. We should launch a show that, that's just like, <laughs> this, like in the garage. This is one of the most interesting things to me right here is that uh, multiple switches can work together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and really I cool. find that to be really interesting. So there's these, there are all these conditions and stuff that makes sense, but they show a couple of examples, and they all look pretty cool. And it's talking about. Uh, Shifting stuff around to like, hey, you can control your RC car with the fishing pole. Yeah, why uh, not? Sure. Yeah, or I'll make yourself an air guitar. You can totally do it, mm -hmm. and that's all very, very cool. Uh, I think it's got a lot of potential if it catches on. Yeah, I think it will. I think people are already super excited about Labo. I think it'll be I'm curious. really I'm curious cool, but Labo. I think that a lot of people could also be intimidated by it. Mm. Nintendo is doing their best to make it look really approachable. But I think it's still kind of a confusing concept for a lot of people. Yes, like, sure. wait, so I have to take something, and then I've got to build something, and it's going to be out of cardboard, so it's going to be shitty, and then I can play a tiny piano? Or imagine building, you know, cats love boxes. Imagine building a cardboard cat fort that has, like, Labo integration, so, like, the cat can fire machine guns or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, see, now that you're bringing cats into it, you're marketing it correctly. See, yeah, there's, like, uh, that's the first thing I thought of. It's, like, you can make a bitchin' box fort for a cat that's, like, with some cool Labo integration stuff. My cat loves destroying boxes, so it might not work so well. It can scream. 
The box can scream. Like the cat can scream. Yeah, the cat can scream. That, that, I, the Labo can't control that. <laughs> so what is it about Labo that captures your imagination? I like the lo-fi aesthetic of it. Just like I like TGS's, you know, all-text emails. I like, you know, you have something physical that you're interacting with, this cardboard, that you can have a physical thing interacting with a game. And then, like, crossing that boundary between uh, the two of them. That's just, I think that's just super cool. And so I'm guessing, based on the fact that you've already pre-ordered it, that the cost doesn't put you off. Because it's, no. uh, it's 70 for uh, one of the kits, and it's 80 for the robot kit. Did you order the robot I ordered the normal kit. I didn't order the robot kit. No, gotcha. Yeah, so. I, think, I think I'm going to try and uh, order a couple like for the office so that we can do some stuff with them and learn yes. them and, and see what we think and, and you know, have a play. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm curious I, to see why they haven't revealed any info on the campaign yet, though. It's a joke. <laughs> totally, totally a joke. It's me. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Everyone looked at me with a panic look. Like, hey, should we talk to him? Yeah. Okay. okay. Instead, let's talk about VR. Oh. <laughs> God. That was a great transition. Glitch in real life. I mean, that is the best stuff to come out of VR is people hurting themselves. Same thing with the Wii. Just people falling down, people breaking TVs. Yes. So it's been almost, well, approximately two years since VR hit us all uh, like a freight train. Mm -hmm. Uh, For a while, it was all anything, it was all anyone was talking about. And it seemed like it was going to be the next big thing. I was looking for sales numbers for the various headsets. And guess what? They're not talking about them. Nope. Which they um, they stopped reporting the, them almost immediately, and the silence is deafening. They were pre- like there were all of the the analysts were predicting you know six hundred thousand sales for That's uh, for the for the Vive in year one, uh, four hundred thousand for uh, you know for Oculus Rift or vice versa, and uh, they were crazy. And uh, now the closest I can get is um, HTC Vive announced as of November 2016, they haven't announced anything since, um, that they had done more than 140,000 units. Uh, Oculus Rift, no idea. In January 2017, Tim Sweeney estimated the Vive was outselling Rift two to one, but the Oculus Rift also did a price cut, which has reportedly helped it, but no one is talking about the actual numbers. The only one that is, uh, is uh, PlayStation VR, uh, as of December 2017, they announced they broke 2 million units. Which is great, but, I mean, the thing I always see is when I, before I buy, like, a multiplayer Vive game, I look at the Steam, uh, what is that, Steam Spy, and you can see the, the active players and the most active players, and even for popular games, I haven't looked at VR chat, but even for popular games, it's like 200 people at the most. Most of the time, it's like 50 people or 30 people. And like, I can't imagine anyone's making a game for 30 concurrent people. So, I mean, I think the, the, the way I can look at it, so you can't necessarily glean sales numbers, right, from hardware manufacturers. Totally. So I think the next step you want to take then is to look at popular VR titles and see what right. they've sold. So, so I have Arizona Sunshine here in front ah, of me, okay. which is probably one of the most well-known, one of the uh, VR games, I think, across um, the platforms. And uh, from what I can read, they raked up $1.4 million in sales in one month. And divide that by... 30? 40 bucks. Oh, 40? Which is their cost. Oh, did I do that right? Uh, no, there's another zero there. That's 350,000 units. Okay. And if you look at Steam Spy, Steam Spy says that they have 123,000 owners. Okay, so uh, it's like like roughly split then. 
The uh, not very many. The there's a free download for Vive called the Lab. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the owners on that, um, that one is, it's over 180,000. So what about, that uh, indicates that Vive has at least passed that benchmark. What about something like Rec Room? Do you have those numbers? That's a good, that's a good idea. That, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I bought Vive in the beginning, and I'm still kind of waiting for, not the killer app, but just like real games to come out for it. Uh, Rec like, Room is at 440,000. Okay. So it's probably... Probably, pretty good. Probably the most owned game, mm-hmm. I would say, but that's also free. Um, but the free is the good one to look at if you're looking for exa- total exactly. install base. Because exactly. what is everyone going to download for just, free when they get yeah. their headset? It just seems like the, the player base isn't like, I don't know what has to come first, the player base or the people who make games for it, but if there's no player base, I can't imagine anyone's going to dedicate resources to making a real, the- like, deep VR game, and that's what people are looking for to buy VR. The only way that they'll do that is with subsidy from a hardware manufacturer, right. like someone at HTC or someone at Oculus, fronting a lot of development costs to get the title, to get people to buy the hardware. Right. And so. and they have to some degree, but mm-hmm. I think so far, uh, definitely Sony has seen the most success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of that development money has dried up. Uh, I up, think it has, yeah. uh, because the numbers that were being predicted for VR didn't eventuate. That's rough. It's so, uh, you know, it's like there are some good games out. There's a, a like Robo Recall, uh, Farpoint uh, was pretty well received. There's one that came Resident out. Resident Evil 7. Like, I can't last say week, enough two, good things two, about Moss. Two weeks ago. Oh, people love Moss, but uh, there's like a. It's Brass Tactics was the one you were. Yes. That game looks awesome, uh, but I don't, I don't, I didn't use it because I would have to use Revive. But I would like to play it at some point. Uh, yeah, I think we looked at getting that at home, but we don't have the Oculus Touch controllers. Mm. And I think that's p- like part of that fragmentation is what is hurting VR as well, because Oculus came out and then the controllers came out later. Right. And. It's hard for me to justify getting the touch controllers as well because we haven't used the Oculus Rift enough, full stop. Right. We do use the Vive fairly frequently. Uh, uh, Teddy, the youngest, plays a ton. ton. He loves to play, like he'll play Job Simulator. He'll play whatever in it. He doesn't really care. He just really likes VR. What what would you say is like your most time spent in a single uh, VR game? Hours wise, maybe. Uh, you mean like like one, one like not, not one sitting hmm. total. Oh, maybe twenty or thirty hours. Really? In one game? You, really? What game? Arizona Sunshine. It's like messing around, trying okay. different things. Yeah, I mean that, the most I have is like twenty or thirty hours in Orbis, which is like an MMO, and the rest are probably sub ten hours. And yeah, mine are so I, pretty. I, sub I would say 10. total. I probably have less than. 50 to 70 hours in VR. And when and that, you consider that's saying the cost. A lot, especially, yeah, especially like if you bought it early, it's like that thing's nearly $1,000 mm-hmm. plus the gaming PC. And I like, really thought. I, 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 and the thing is, I still believe in the technology a lot because there's, it's, every time I put it on, it's magical. And there's, there's a lot of potential. I and mean, you look at something like, uh, like the Ready Player One movie mm-hmm. that shows you, and yes, it's fantastical and it's all CGI. But it's that sort of vision of where something like this could go. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, it's very promising. There's a lot of cool stuff. And people people mostly use it to do, like, VR chat. Yeah. I thought by now, at the two-year mark, that we'd start to see further iteration and simplification of the hardware platforms, where it wouldn't be so intimidating uh, 
and you know because at this point now the hardware requirements haven't really changed so there's more pcs out there in the market that are capable of running vr it's not like as crazy as it was when it came out uh so i thought we'd start to see more innovation and the only thing we've seen so far is you know hcc announced they're doing the vive pro later this year and uh, i think steam tracking 2.0 is coming out where you can use four lighthouses instead of two so there really hasn't been too much of a push on that end. I think that in order for it to really work, they're going to need to be self-contained. Mm -hmm. So that um, either either it's like maybe wireless is the is the bridge to get to that point. Uh, I don't think having you can't have a tether on the back of your head that mm -hmm. you might trip over. That's that has to go away. That's just that's that's very early doctor stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it. Wireless is maybe the bridge, but I think they need to get to the point where the headset is a self-contained uh, unit and it's doing all, like it's doing its processing. It does everything for itself. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult because, one, you're asking that's a, uh, this yeah. tiny thing to process a ton of stuff and have a battery life. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I don't think it's like ever going to get to that point. I mean, it will maybe eventually. Maybe in like 15 years. No, it'll be sooner. I, I don't know. It's <sighs> you, can, you can already build like a super tiny home theater PC with like a You a put on a, a backpack it. though. Right. But not like a headset. Yeah, but I mean, we've, we've already reached a point where we can do that. It'll continue to miniaturize and right. you'll be able to get it small enough within. I, 15 years I just think is too pessimistic. Okay. You can do it within two or three, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still hoping for stuff. Like, Valve has... Announced that they're working on multiple games for Yeah, I think VR. they said they're working on three VR titles. I, and I'm I'm crossing my fingers for like a Portal or Half-Life 3. And, I know, know everyone's like, Half-Life 3 is never coming out. It's going to come out. It's never coming out. But, it's coming out but VR. But Portal, not Bridge Constructor Portal. No. As, as lovely as that game is, it's, it's, a, yeah, not, it's, all right. it's not the Portal that it. we're looking for. I played it a little bit. Yeah, oh no, it's it's a it's a cute game. It's a good game. It's just that it was it's you know what it's like? Is it's like announcing like artifact and everyone's like, woo, and then going a card a Dota 2 card game and everyone goes, Oh uh, yeah. it's like Gay, the property that I love. Oh, that's not, that's not quite right. That's not the reason that I love it. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I think a lot of the things we said are what we need. We need a wireless, hopefully standalone, like all these innovations. And we know, need just more accessibility. I think it's still at a point where non-hardcore people don't understand how to hook it all up, even though it's just plugging in USB and HDMI. Yeah, and eventually, uh, you know, if we get to this self-contained space too, um, or make it so that the headset is the thing doing the tracking, not needing lighthouses, that like the headset can see the room and see where you are and see if there's mm -hmm. something in the way that, you're, that you need to not go into. Uh, so that you don't have to set up all this stuff. The, the idea needs to be you drop the headset on, boom, you're in another world. I feel like we need more games like Resident Evil 7 that have VR support but aren't reliant on it. Because then you can say, like, this is a good game without the, the for a VR game, like, part of that sentence, you know? Yeah, because but, I mean, would you say that Orbis is just good for a VR game, or yes, is it a good game? it's just good for a VR game. Oh, well, that's too bad. It, like, don't get me wrong, it's really fun in VR, but, like, outside of VR, that stuff would be so mundane. It would just be like, okay. It's like I'm playing, like, like an alpha of RuneScape or something like that. It's just, like, not... Yeah, I think yeah. the most interesting things so far have, been, have not been games, in my opinion. It's been, like, some interesting... Um, art installations or artistic experiments. You know, the big easy one for people to get into is Tilt Brush. Uh, then here at, at uh, South by Southwest, which is going on right now, there were a lot of cool interactive things like you talked about the Ready Player One VR experience. 
Uh, Meow Wolf did some work in VR that was pretty cool. And I think uh, like it's interesting experiences right now as opposed to interesting games. There are a lot of cool experiences too. Um, there was, uh, and we loaded this up uh, in your office. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm a huge Brandon Sanderson fan. I love my Brandon Sanderson fantasy books. And uh, he has a series that he's writing right now called The Stormlight Archive. And right now it's, um, it's a couple of books into it, but they just released this VR experience called The Way of Kings, which is it's based on the on the first book. But uh, this, I'm staring at his leg because he's just bouncing the. Oh, are you no, bad? I wasn't smiling because that. I was smiling because how much you love The Way of Kings experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, this um, this fantasy world, there are a bunch of like people get these sort of different powers, uh, and they. Uh, this one character in it uh, who you are essentially playing as in this experience, he can sort of reorient gravity and link gravity to different things. So he can... Labo? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Toy-Con Garage. Toy-Con Garage. Uh, he can uh, essentially anchor himself to the wall instead, and now the wall is down. <clears throat> and so uh, they have this VR experience where you can go into this, you're on the Shattered Plains, which is where a, a lot of the, the book takes place, and you go down into the, in the chasms, and you can lash yourself to the wall. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff uh, in this experience that if you're a, a nerdy fan of the books, is really cool to see an experience for yourself. Uh, it's also... 30 minutes? It's, it was like, it was, if, if we didn't, if the last fight wasn't like, didn't, like we fumbled through the last fight or watching you and that would have taken, it would have been like a 15 minute experience. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so you, um, you, you, you know, you go up and you're trying to escape this area and you end up fighting some of the Parshendi, which are the enemies you're fighting in the book. Uh, and uh, you have to uh, fight a, a chasm fiend and you're essentially like throwing rocks at it. And it's, so it's like, it, it's cool to experience some of the things from the book, but it was, like I got to the end and I was like, oh, and now it's over. Yeah. And it was just an experience. It's not like a full-blown game. Yeah. And now I'm sad. Yeah. So I guess it's it's good to want more of it, but it was um, it was pretty short. Yeah. I mean, there's still games that like they demoed or showed off prior to the or, the, or during the the release of the Vive that were supposed to come out really soon after and didn't. Uh, the biggest one for me was uh, they they released a demo of it. It was budget cuts and. That that was like the best demo for a, a VR game. It was super responsive. Like the 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 method of movement was really unique. Like it felt like it would be a complete experience if they just released it. Like when they released it, mm -hmm. um, and they just haven't. It was supposed to come out that year, uh, twenty sixteen. And then yeah. nothing. Nothing. Uh, uh, it still says coming soon. Yeah, it went release date twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm worried for a lot of uh, VR developers. There's a a VR development house here in Austin. Um, it's Alchemy Labs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they're, uh, and they're they're, they're they're based here, and yeah, it's like they make good stuff. But if there's no install base for the hardware, it's hard to sell your games. Oh, they got acquired though. Did they? Yeah, Google Google acquired them. Okay, well they're, they're okay. They're fine. They're fine. Don't, don't worry about them. They're yeah. fine. They're going to be working on cardboard or daydream when they stuff. They made uh, what? Didn't, didn't they make the Rick and Morty game? I think. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I think. They also made a Job Simulator and something else. Yeah, I think oh. the big concern for VR is that. Uh, What's taking off is the less premium versions of it. Yeah. So, and like that, Gear VR, 
they're, they've announced like they've sold five million plus of those. Yeah. So and those are the ones where you just drop your, your phone, phone in. Real fast, Ben says that Budget Cuts says they'll have something at E3. Uh, Amazing. But yeah, I think that's really a, a big part of the problem with uh, VR is people are seeing these less, let's call it less than premium experiences, like these shitty headsets you can buy like at Walgreens or whatever. In the for yeah, for, for like fifteen bucks, bucks. Yeah. and they just say drop your phone in and it's like VR, and then that's what people think. The full capabilities of VR are right, and I think that's just like, oh, why would I spend a thousand dollars or whatever on that? I can like, get it for fifteen. It's right. the same thing. I yeah. think that's that's really eating. Like it's it's confusing uh, most consumers' minds. Yeah, so uh, I think Facebook is happy with their Oculus acquisition. They were saying that they were going to need to sell like fifteen to twenty million Oculus Rift headsets. I think they're in it for. Hopefully, they're in it. I for bet a Paul Malucky is pretty happy about it. I'm sure he is. Like he got out while the getting was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, was VR a fad? Uh, it's no. a, I think it's close to becoming one at this point, unless we see something happen this year. I, I don't think, I don't think it's like gonna go away. I think it's just gonna like float in this like the technology's really good land for longer than we want it to. But I still think it'll eventually become something bigger or better. Maybe when Valve decides to release some fucking games for it. <laughs> Uh, keep in mind that VR has been trying to happen for a very long time. I know. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I'm was, an old man. I remember the previous iteration. Oh of this. God! I remember being. I an remember E3. Lawnmower Man. Do you remember the, the that arcade game from like late '90s where it was like a VR headset and you had a gun and like you, or no you like walk you walked around holding this thing that was like connected to a big arm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first VR headset I ever tried was it was E3 is Kensha Hall. It of course like, it was. It was in like the the basement hall that smelled like where dreams go to die. That's where all the weird peripherals are. Yes, and um, we uh, Ubisoft had a a Ghost Recon demo on this hardware. I don't even remember what this hardware was. Oh wow, that That's is. That's it. Yep. That's the thing else I don't. Yeah. That Beach looks head. like an. Yep. Beachhead. Alien bug. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this headset. I remember putting it on and I. Like, I felt like I got this horrific headache mm. using oh, it for no. just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Uh, but that's, like, it's been trying for, you know, decades at this point. VR has been trying. So I feel like this is the closest yeah. it's ever got. Yeah, but, well, I mean, there's, like, home versions you can buy, and people, some people have bought it. Yeah, so. and there are really great experiences. I would love to see uh, maybe, honestly, maybe what it needs is just stupid mainstream huge media property experiences maybe we need uh, an entire hogwarts mm. in vr just Don't. like hogwarts simulator and i can tell you right now that would move units yeah and uh, no, i think a lot of people would be like this is this is shameful you, like even if it's a shitty game it would move units yeah uh you know or get like those really big properties that a lot of non-gamers might actually buy into with. Mm -hmm. no, that, would, that would make sense, but then you got to convince the people who own the property that it makes sense for them financially to make this for a small market. Yes, that's true. That's true. But hey, I mean, we're getting a bunch of like Harry Potter mobile games, so yeah, at, th at this point they're, a bunch they're open small. to licensing. Well, that's a big market. That is yeah. a big market. Yeah. 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 So we'll see, but uh, I, I feel a little bit bad for VR. I think there are some really great games out there. If you haven't played Moss, Great game, uh, PlayStation I wish, VR. I wish that was on Vive because I would totally play it. Is uh, it coming? What? Is it I, coming to Vive? Uh, not to my knowledge, but I can lend you my PlayStation VR headset. Sure. I just want more people to play it, yeah. so I, I will lend it to you. Or I'll bring it into the office or something. Great. Uh, because it's a lot of fun. It's just 
it's charming as hell. It's a little bit blurry, which I don't really like. Like I can't ever adjust the headset to the point where it feels crystal clear. Mm. Uh, but I can high five my mouse buddy, so I'm willing to give it a pass. That's so cool. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's it. Let us know, uh, do you think that VR was a fad? Can it still happen, and what does it need in order to be a success if all the stuff that's come out for it yet hasn't quite managed to make Fetch happen? Let us know in the comments. Um, if you are uh, listening to this on the podcast uh distribution service of your choice. Please leave us a review, give us a thumbs up so other people can find the show as well. If you're watching this, uh, leave a comment, let us know what you think, give us a thumbs up, and we'll see you next week. If you're a Richard Teeth First member, uh, we do have our uh, exclusive post-show, New Game Plus, available on the website just for Rooster Teeth First members. And if you're not a first member yet, you can get a month free trial so you can try it out and then binge all the New Game Pluses, all, all the first exclusive content, and then be like, I think I'll stick around. And we'll see you next week. Bye. <sighs>